Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. It's my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. My name is Raik van Ikerk and my guest today is Kathy Davey. She is an investment manager at Ashburton. She's a member of the Ashburton Global Equity Team. She has been in the business for nearly 15 years and started her career at Bear Stearns uh, in the UK in 2007. And she joined Ashburton in 2013 and she currently manages the Ashburton Global Leaders Equity Fund. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me. You must be quite happy to be involved with the international team because uh, international markets have performed really well, especially since March, and the local market uh, is a bit of a dog. Is there a, a bit of a rivalry between the managers of the local funds and the international funds at Ashburton? <laughs> well... I mean, I must say I do I do feel lucky. I do feel the pressure has a little bit been more on, on the SA team and uh, the stress that we've had, um, especially locally. Global just continues to do well and, and surprise us to the upside a lot, but there's a lot of reasons and a lot of support that we think uh, the market will continue to to carry on going. So... Yeah, it's been it's been a great time. It's been a great time of learning, and um, I think it's a great space to be. But there are so many uncertainties currently. I think the only certainty is that we don't know what the uncertainties are, or all of them are. But what I found interesting about the fund you manage is uh, the mandate, and and it says on the fund fact sheet. It states the following, the Global Leaders Equity Fund aims to achieve long-term capital growth over the economic cycle by investing in transferable securities issued by leading companies listed globally. Very interesting definition. Does this limit you in any way to invest in any business? What we look for specifically for the Global Leaders Fund is we like to look for companies that we view as being quality, mega cap. So when we talk about quality, we look at, we're looking about for stocks that have strong balance sheets. So then we're going to be looking at the levels of debt, of course, sustainable business models. We're looking for companies that are producing returns in excess of the cost of capital. So basically just stocks that don't keep you awake at night. In terms of mega cap, we generally have our own definition for that in terms of looking for companies that have a market cap of, on average, about 100 billion USD. So, so very, very, very large companies, companies that can really withstand what we've gone through recently because they are stronger, because they've got good balance sheets and, and actually can often take advantage of what's happened when their smaller, weaker competitors struggle a lot more. So that's what we're looking for. We tend to look for more defensive type stops and some sort of overweight and consumer staples companies, which have performed very well their profits. So that's the sort of fund you, you're looking at. We're looking at really companies that we see growing into the future with goods yeah, that really that are large enough to, to sustain a lot of financial stress. You say conservative companies, but a third of your portfolio is invested in information technology. Microsoft is the largest holding 8.5% of the fund alphabet which owns Google uh, at 8% is second. Aren't you concerned about the valuations of uh, some of these big uh, IT stocks in the US? So that's quite interesting because we certainly are. It's a huge conversation that we do have in our investment meetings. Of course, these technology companies are growing, but in the same respect, a lot of their share price appreciation has been based on massive re-ratings. 
So when we look at global our leaders, global leaders funds, we invest in companies that offer growth at a reasonable price. So we're not going to chase these expensive technology stocks. When you look at alphabets, they actually trade on about a 20 times forward PE. So they're not expensive at all. And we do expect attractive growth. I think they haven't rallied with the rest of the sector. There's a couple of reasons for that. One being because they are exposed to the advertising, obviously heavily exposed to advertising and in particular travel advertising, which is about 12%. And then, of course, also there has been a lot of talk about antitrust regulation in the U.S. These are possibly the reasons we haven't seen a massive re-rating in Google. However, we are very positive about this company in the future and very comfortable to hold at these levels. So that's just so that's one of our big tech exposures. And then looking at Microsoft, also not a crazy valuation. Um, it's just come into to the 30 times forward PEs. So, you know, it's not sitting at some of these other companies that are hitting 50 and 60 times. You, We think you can still get double-digit growth from the company. Really, this company is feeding into a lot of where the world is going in terms of digital transformation and software as a service. They've transformed formed their business so well. So you are very positive, also great acquisition. So so what I'm basically saying is we want that tech exposure, but we're not going to pay any price for it. And we do worry that some of the other companies that have seen these massive re-ratings will come back. Or we want to be able to know that we can get some share price appreciation in the stocks that we buy. Yeah, and those two companies, Microsoft and Alphabet, also have phenomenally strong balance sheets. I think they have cash, which yes. I don't really know what to do with. But the U.S. market yeah. is interesting. We will see a presidential election soon, and that may you know, throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, what are your views on the U.S. markets and, and what the presidential election can do to these markets? I think at the moment, the polls and the and the betting shops are looking for a Biden win, you know, which I guess would be our base case scenario. I mean, I do think possibly it could Trump support isn't as visible because it's not perhaps as popular to be an outward spoken Trump supporter as opposed to being a Biden supporter. But Trump does bring a lot of benefits in terms of the strength of the market. Um, and of course, Biden would, would mean increased ca- um, taxes for companies, which naturally means lower valuations for the equity markets. In terms of looking for, with both wins, let's say it is a Biden win, we wouldn't shift our portfolio um, dramatically, but we probably would make a few changes around the edges. So we expect to see more. So we overweight healthcare at the moment. We probably would cut that overweight back a little bit because Biden is expecting more regulation. We do expect to see more fiscal spending if Biden does win. And in that regard, we would look to invest in more companies that would benefit from increased fiscal spending. So those are the sort of changes changes we would make. In terms of growth versus value, we still think growth will continue to be supported as an investment style. And the reason why is that the Fed has made it very clear that they are going to be keeping interest rates low until at least 2023. So either way, whether it's Biden or Trump, you should see equity markets continue continuously supported by low interest rates. So I think with either a Biden or Trump win, we will still see interest rates being kept very low. And that's because the Fed has made it clear 
that they are willing to tolerate high levels of inflation um, and still keep interest rates low until about two, 2023. So that will continue to be uh, positive for equity markets as a whole. So really, as I say, I mean, I guess just to sum up, yes, we would have to make a few changes around the edges in terms of a Biden win. It's perhaps not as positive for equity markets as a Trump win would be. However, we could shift into more positive sectors that would possibly benefit from things like fiscal spending. Cathy, how big is your exposure to the U.S. market? So... It's about 50% of our fund. However, um, a lot of the companies that we invested in in the U.S. will have exposure to to other countries. So that exposure would be brought brought down to about 35 to 40% local revenue exposure. And because, of course, we are investing in multinational companies that are deriving revenues from, from other regions. I mean, interestingly enough, we've talked quite a bit about the U.S., but we have, um, you know, we've seen a massive rally, particularly in the tech sector in the U.S. market. And what it has meant is that we are starting to look for more opportunities in tech stocks in, in Asian markets. So tech stocks that are also offering good growth but haven't actually participated in this rally that we've seen in U.S.-based uh, tech stocks as much. So we're talking about the likes of, of Alibaba for one we have an investment in Samsung for another. You know, we really think these stocks still offer good valuations and good growth. So that's kind of where we've been shifting a bit or more away from U.S. into into Asia, Asian markets. I am looking at an article you wrote, which was published in June of this year. And the composition of the fund really looks a lot different. You've got the Kerry Group at the top, which... Um, I believe is in uh, in nutritional products. Has the fund changed significantly over the past few months? I think the changes that we've made. Well, let's let's maybe perhaps start from the beginning of the year. So when we when we started at 2020, we were relatively positive. We saw growth increasing within the states. We were starting to see some good progress in terms of US-China uh, trade talks. And then, of course, coronavirus hit. So when it um, when it did hit, we had to move the portfolio to be more defensive. So what we did is we um, increased our exposure to consumer staples, um, which tend to do, do much better over recessionary times. And we basically removed stocks that we did think would, would battle over the period. And then, of course, we very quickly moved to a period where things started improving very quickly. And so what we had to do then is move. So we don't like high turnover in our portfolio. And in any year, it shouldn't be more than 20%. However, in times like this, you do need to be a bit proactive. And so when the markets did recover, in order to participate in that recovery, we needed to get increase our exposure to higher delta, uh, sorry, higher beta stocks. So introducing basically a bit more cyclicality, those companies that would benefit from improving economies. So then basically a couple of months ago, we started introducing more consumer discretionary stocks, as I said, like Alibaba, but also we invested in a luxury retailer called Caring Group, who basically own Gucci. So they are quite strong in China and they are already benefiting from the recovery that we've seen there. And then, and then, of course, as I mentioned, Samsung and another construction company called CRH, we also put into the portfolio just to be able to, to, to get that keep up with the market in our trending times. 
Consumer staples are a great sector to have at all times. However, we did need to move our exposure depending on where we saw the markets going. How many companies uh, do you own or how many uh, shares are in the portfolio? So we've got 25 at the moment, and that is the maximum that we that we can go to. So basically, it's a very concentrated portfolio. And the portfolio has done well. Over the last six months, it rose by nearly 14%. The benchmark, which is the Global Large Cap Blend Equity Index, I would assume, rose uh, 9.6%. Are you happy with the, the performance and the result of these changes you've made? Yes, so we have been very happy with our performance. I think, first of all, when the markets... So the way our portfolio is designed is that you should have lower drawdowns during when the market is falling, and that's um, the trait that the fund did exhibit. When markets were falling, we fell less than the market. And then, of course, the fund should recover from the market, and then the fund should recover with the market, and that's what we've seen too. So we've been very, very positive and happy with the performance. Uh, We think we've been in, in the right stocks, but of course, we continually evaluate where we have exposure and and specifically if we feel like we have exposure to to stocks that have become more expensive and where we can switch into places in the market where we haven't seen such strong rallies. Kathy, thank you so much for your time and insights today. That was Kathy Davey. She's an investment manager at the Ashburton Global Equities.